1: Hello everyone. Hello. Welcome to season three, episode two. And we speak to Tom Davies from the Proper Mental podcast. Yeah. Not
2: only is he proper mental, he's proper fit as well, isn't he? he is proper fit, actually. <laughs> yeah. If
1: you can if you're not like us and you can look past hotness, then go and give him a listen. He talks about mental health in his podcast. and um, but today with us, he speaks about sex and mental health. Yeah. Which is it's integral, I think. Yeah. I mean, we've all got mental health problems and we're all trying to have sex, at least. Yeah. So, you know, it works. It works well. It was a good, fun chat, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, he was absolutely lovely, wasn't he? Yeah, proper lovely it was proper lovely. And this episode, like the ones before in Season 3, are sponsored by Bang Boom Creative. The lovely Luke. The lovely Luke Bang Boom.
1: Yeah. Bang Boom. The lovely Luke Van, Van Boom. Boom
2: from Bang Boom. From
1: Bang Boom, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He does all the creative stuff.
2: Yeah, all our pictures, intros for our YouTube, which you can all go and have a look at our videos now. So have a little peep at the visual delights of us.
1: Yeah. Yeah, get us in your ears and your eyes Yeah, and he does our website Yeah Um, If you wanted to go and have a look at that It's www.charlieandnina.com
2: It is, we also have a Patreon So if you think that you could Chuck us a few quid um, It's only three quid, isn't it? A month
1: Yeah, and then you get some little extra Sprinklings of us for that Um, And you also get to sponsor and support the podcast not sponsor, just support. Yeah. If you do want to sponsor, there's also that available as well as an option. If you wanted to have a chat about sponsorship, because we've got a shit ton of listeners now, um, which is Since amazing. Since become
2: part of the Distraction Pieces podcast, which uh, Network, sorry, Distraction
1: Pieces Network. We're a yeah. pretty big deal. Yeah, we're a bit of a big deal. So if you want to sponsor, but you just want to talk about figures or whatever to start, start with, drop me an email at hello at charleneina.com. Um please, please don't send any nudes to that email address. Um, if you do then I'm it's gonna It's n- Nina at hello <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Enjoy the episode.
2: So today, he's a proper good listener, he's proper open, he's proper honest, he's proper mental, and he is the host of Proper Mental Podcast. It's Tom Davies. Good Hi morning.
3: Tom. Hi, yeah. That was a proper intro as well. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, man. This is, um, this is really, really cool. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you.
1: Thanks for saying yes. Yeah. Oh. Have you ever done a sex podcast before?
3: I haven't. No, I haven't. And do you know what? Like, If there was one podcast I thought would not ask me on. It's this one. I've got a bit. I'm the least sexy person that you'll have spoken to. <laughs> this oh, nice. No. mate, I'm telling you, I'm a, a, a basic bitch all the way through.
4: Like, oh,
1: honestly, you know,
0: I'm vanilla as. I yeah. need to normalize yeah. vanilla That's it, man. Normalize people that just want
2: missionary sex and not to be beaten up. I just <laughs>
0: that, like.
3: That's it, man. That is it. That's all I want. Is not yeah. to be beat, not to be beaten up. Yeah. Um, no, for the opportunity to talk, I always think about the mental health conversation. You know, I'm an advocate. That's what I do, and I think how we normalize that conversation is to have that conversation, but have it in places where we wouldn't normally, right? That's how we kind of normalize these things. And you know, maybe the mental health conversation just needs a bit of sexing up. Maybe like our powers combined. You know, yeah, maybe yeah. Well, that's, the maybe thing that's what we'll got, do.
1: That's what we asked you because we have the exact same message like we need to you can't normalize conversations unless you're actually having them yourself so we really appreciate our guests when they do say yes because not a lot of people say yes to us do they because no. it's such a scary thing for people to talk about and I assume you've got the same issue with mental health like it's still a massive taboo and people don't want to talk about it
3: yeah very much so and it's, it's really weird because I'm, you probably have the same as well it's like it, approaching people is really weird because like for me I I tried not to come off like some sort of ambulance chaser like oh you've had a breakdown I'll just slide into your dms <laughs> you know like
2: <laughs> it's actually meltdown really, it. <laughs> I've got yeah, a podcast <laughs> perfect
3: yeah that's it how sick are you exactly but um it's uh so yeah I've always kind of do like a lot of research into like where people are with it before I approach them and i you know I imagine you have to kind of pick your words when you um email or message people as well you know to you invite them on a sex podcast but you know well. we need to,
1: like do you want to come on and talk about fucking yeah (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and that works with some people yeah Yeah, and for other people they're
2: like oh god absolutely not or I don't have anything to add to this conversation and you're like of course you do everyone has got something to add to the sex conversations and the same with mental health because it's really isn't everyone thing sex is for everyone mental health and maintaining good
1: mental health is
2: paramount for everyone
1: I think yeah yeah even if you're not having sex or maybe you're like an asexual yeah how does sex in the world affect someone that doesn't want to have sex like it's all it's all relevant because it's all we're all adults it's all what we're doing isn't it
3: yeah that's it and that's how you create a more compassionate society right is learn more about other people learn to see the world through other people's eyes and then we can all get on a bit better and look after each other a bit more and you know yeah, that's that's what we're it's that's the
2: vulnerable, isn't it? And I think when you're talking about sex and when you're talking about mental health, you're you're having to expose a certain amount of yourself. And when you expose yourself, you're opening yourself up to what you think is going to be rejection or ridicule. And and really people just relate to it and just go, yeah, no, I know I've had a few tough times or I've had some weird sexual encounters. <laughs> um, and it just it's definitely that point that you need to get to with absolutely everyone to relate to everyone I think during the lockdown as well like everyone had to have a little look at themselves didn't they
3: yeah yeah it was a lot right it was a lot a lot like weirdly um so like for myself I felt like I was put on this earth to go through a lockdown you know like it was perfect for me I'm socially anxious I like spending time on my own I don't want to mix with people I like you know like it, it just Everything went really, really slow. I have to live my life really, really slow. We'll probably talk about later, but I have this like 80% rule where I never let life speed up past 80% because I don't cope with it very well. So like, I like to everything to be calm, everything to be slow. It was perfect for me. It was like going for a, like, you know, when you go for a job interview and you think, I fucking got this, I know I'm going to get this. That's how (laughs) I felt going into lockdown. But then for people who were the opposite of me, it was really hard. And I think it was, it's really interesting because it kind of, I suppose a lot of people who might not have known a lot about mental health suddenly I had to maybe start thinking about it right I had to start thinking oh right this there is something in this or this is how it might feel or you know it, it gave everyone a lot to think about I think
1: yeah definitely like all those all those like extroverted people that have been almost supporting the stigma of mental health like oh I don't I don't have any mental health problems so I don't understand it kind of attitudes suddenly they're not allowed to be around people anymore and they (laughs) are plummeting
3: yeah (laughs) they probably gave
1: everyone a lot to think about you're right
3: And, and modern life is so distracting so if you're if you've got something bubbling away in the background and it doesn't even have to be like a mental health thing it can just be something you need to deal with right because i'm i mean that's another important conversation is like normal thoughts normal feelings normal issues are not necessarily a mental health problem, right? It's just some shit that as humans, we've all got to deal with. But if you've got anything bubbling away in the back of your head, it's so easy to distract yourself with it. Whether that's through like going out, your phone, you know, social life, work, all these things. Suddenly all of that's gone and you've got nothing but yourself and you maybe you've not sat with yourself for a long long time and all of a sudden that's a lot to deal with and then maybe things do change from being just like a human emotion into something that's more like a mental health or a mental ill health thing that's going on so I think that was a challenge for people right to just sit still with themselves you know that was, um that's hard that's really hard
1: yeah it's hard if you're not used to it
3: yeah yeah, yeah. definitely
1: very yeah much so. yeah oh and then you're stuck as well on
2: on the other side, people were discovering that perhaps their life partner was not the person they wanted to spend their life with. And so <laughs> the lockdown did loads of stuff for sex for people. Mm. Some people, it brought yeah. people closer. Quite a few people, it drove them further apart. People rushed into relationships. There was a few articles I read where people who were on dating sites who'd been dating for someone like two weeks were like, I really like this person. Let's move in together. And yeah. you're like, fucking no, no, don't do yeah. it. But they've come out of it and survived. Yeah. And yeah. and marriages of long times have not been so lucky. So
1: yeah, yeah. yeah there's so a lot. For 15 years. Yeah. And when you said you wanted to move in with me during lockdown, I had the same, I was like, no. No way! No, this is going to be hell on the inside. And on the like, outside, yeah, I sure, was like, yeah, really
2: "Yeah, shit, yeah, go on, why not?" But it, I think it worked out quite well for us, really. But I mean, we're still here.
3: Yes. Well, that's the main thing, right? We're still, still having <laughs> sex. I still, still, still at it. That's the main thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so sex and mental health. Mm. There's a lot of evidence that supports like sex masturbation etc that you know it's good for your mental health like releases endorphins and it you know makes you feel confident and you know it's like how what's your take on it
3: yeah i mean that makes a lot of sense right so i think a lot of um mental health issues stem from the fact that we are drifting so far away from our original design you know this certain stuff as a human being we're kind of designed for and that's to you know eat certain things and live in a certain way and get outside and be physically challenged and all you know like connected through living as a tribe and all this sort of thing and sex is one of them right like it's a basic human thing if you I don't know I don't know off the top of my head if I don't have you heard of um uh laszlo's hierarchy of needs have you heard of that that triangle Mm -hmm. so it's like a triangle (laughs) system yeah and everything at the bottom is the foundations i don't know if if sex is at that i can't remember but it could be you know like it's feasible so it's like a very uh human thing and your brain like you say it relates it releases specific chemicals to make us feel nice so we want to do it more and we want to like reproduce and all that but like so many things like With with all the basics, right? As humans, we've just fucked it up, right? So it's food, right? We can't just have food now. We've got to have all this like crazy foods and have weird relationships with food and eat too much of it and not enough of it and all the rest of it. Same with exercise, and it's the same with sex, isn't it? It should be so simple, but it's so fucking. People make it so complicated, don't they? And um, you know, and I think that's got to impact people's mental health. I suppose it's like how you're doing it and who you're doing it with is going to have the most impact on your mental health, right? It's, it's, that's probably going to be uh, the way of looking at it. There'll be that's studies the out there somewhere. From. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who you're shagging. That's it. That's the basis of your mental <laughs> health.
1: Yeah. But yeah, completely. Like it's, that's, it's, it's the outside world, isn't it? that Society. influences you So much like there's so much, like pressure on people to conform and the same with sexuality like you're not allowed to explore your sexuality are you and you've got to, like if you're like gay or trans for example you're just not allowed to do that so you know these these outside influences that are stopping us and judging us it's the same with everything like you said with food there's certain things that you're not allowed to eat like sometimes now when you post like a, a fucking burger on instagram some vegan is going shouldn't eat that
3: yeah that's it or watch the carbs in that bun don't be uh all the sugar in the ketchup you know there's always there's always yeah. something isn't it yeah i'm telling always,
1: uh... you who you can fuck what you can eat and you just think <laughs> leave everyone just alive. trying to suck the joy out of everything <laughs>
2: if it's not hard enough for everyone anyway so there's always someone going well shouldn't shouldn't be really doing that should you oh fuck yeah. off
3: no, that's it. And we've got, you know, to like to be well, whether that's like physically well, mentally well, emotionally well, spiritually well, any of these different facets yeah. of health, um, you just got to like get the basics right, isn't it? That's yeah. important. And, you know, like, yeah. I suppose, like, one thing that I have found from talking to loads of people on my podcast is how much um, like authenticity affects our mental health. And when you can't live in an authentic way, if you can't step into yourself and be the person that you are for fear of reprisal, or because society won't let you or anything like that, it's really damaging. Really, really damaging. Pretending to be happy when you're not, pretending to be something that you are not is so hard. And I think sex comes into that category because, you know, like you say, like, I don't know, it's complicated, isn't it? But whoever, who you're having sex with and how you're having sex is so dictated by society's idea of what people should be doing and when they should be doing it and who they should be doing it with and you know it's a it's a form of self-expression right in a way and if you can't express yourself in a way that makes you feel good and makes you feel like yourself well that's going to impact your mental state it just has to it just has to
2: yeah do you think the like the decline of mental wellness and and loss of sex life often come hand in hand don't they um and especially if well, I say especially, but if you're going untreated for mental illness, um, it's it's got it's got a steady decline, hasn't it? Because you start losing interest in absolutely everything. You don't you don't want to. You can't be bothered. Can't be yeah. bothered with yourself. Can't be bothered with someone else. But then there is also the flip side to that, where people are being treated for mental illness um and are finding that the their sex life is not picking up when when their symptoms of this are being masked or or whatever by antidepressants
3: yeah so do,
2: you, do you, what do you think is better
3: oh but i don't know it's so mental I'm so individual and you know i'm not an expert i've done no training i've done nothing other than lived experience and speaking to a lot of people um you know that's that's only why I know what to talk about because someone's told me about it on this podcast. But it, I don't know. I just think it's so complicated, and everyone's experience is different, right? So, like for me, when I was really, really poorly, I wasn't. I was poorly all the time, but I wasn't feeling it all the time. So we always think of mental health. We always think of a breakdown as this this thing like the guy in EastEnders on the roof and everyone's saying don't jump and it's like this great (laughs) big thing I'd go to work do you know what I mean I'd take my kids to school I'd kind of go about my life and on the inside I was in the worst place I've ever been but on the outside I was just going through normal life there wasn't a big thing you know there wasn't a a big eruption or a, a scene on a bridge or anything like that and on good days I'd really want to have sex with my wife and on bad days I really wouldn't and you know it just it was that That simple, you know, it was really that simple. But I I think like when you're not well, I think your brain's got other priorities. You know, I think your brain's like, like, oh, well, let's not, we've got all this other stuff. You you haven't got the energy, have you, to have sex? Because all your brain is just using what limited energy you've got is just to get you through the day. Because pretending you're well is... Fucking exhausting. Oh god, you know? yeah. And there's no energy left over for any nice stuff. It's just a <laughs> it's just nice. get through get through one day. If I get through this day, if I can get through this day without doing something horrible or saying something horrible or doing something stupid, that's a win. Like shagging's just not on the not on the radar, you know. And yeah. um, yeah, I don't know a great deal about antidepressants. Um Uh, but they complicate things right you know people's experiences of that it's not my experience my experience is actually pretty good when i got prescribed pills right so i didn't um i didn't take meds for years i was always anti it i was always i listened to all the stigma i listened to all the nonsense i look back now and i wish i'd gone on them sooner again not for everyone i'm not advocating one way or another but i'd take like um antidepressant of advice of someone that I would not take fucking dietary advice or childcare advice or fucking <laughs> any other advice in some because they were like confirming my narrative I'm like oh yeah definitely you're a wise person to chat to about this yes um but so I was prescribed sertraline and sertraline is also prescribed uh for premature ejaculation and I just had like normal ejaculation so it kind of like it gave me a bit of extra in the tank so that was like a real surprise for me and my wife, because when we like, I'm starting to get well, the antidepressants are working, you know, the Christmas, I started taking them. She said, I feel like I've got my husband back for the first time in years, you know, it's like a real big thing. So we're like almost a new honeymoon phase. Cause I'm back, you know, I'm suddenly on me again. I'm the man she married. And um, yeah. And then suddenly I can like, just go all night if i wanted to and from the help of oh these pills God. yeah so for us that it was wicked yeah it was really really um yeah it was really cool yeah it's just that little bit <laughs> extra a little bit extra to you know to to keep going yeah it was brilliant
1: okay i didn't know that i didn't no. know that um cetraline was um
3: mm, yeah so when i started meds the therapist i was working with at that time he said to me look if you're going to take something every day you might as well become an expert in it so i did so i read up on it um he lent me a book and it's the book that uh the doctors use when they like looking through um you know different things and side effects and all the rest of it and that's one of them yeah they prescribe it for um uh yeah premature ejaculation so yeah there you go handy handy tip if anyone's struggling get on the old circle
1: a little tip, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just and yeah,
3: just a little tip. Yeah. So for just me, tip. not only did it bring me back to life, not only did it help me get to a point where I could then start to work on my mental health and get well again, but yeah, it also kind of like, yeah, it was a really handy way of like revitalizing that side of my life as well. Cause I'd not really had much interest in it for a few years.
2: Do you think that the the sort of spike in your sex life coming back um was really helpful towards building your like mental wellness so do you think that like once things started forming back into place and you got to a stage where you're like banging all the time were you like oh okay this is the key this is where (laughs) this is where it all went wrong
3: (laughs) (laughs) it certainly helped you know because I felt like I had a lot of um I burned a lot of bridges when I was poorly you know um, depression in particular is a selfish snidey disease and it made me it made me really behave in a really selfish way, but also to get well, I had to be really selfish. I had to focus on my own like journey. I couldn't, you know, my wife had to kind of do certain things like with the kids and around the house so that, because I didn't have the space for it.
4: Yeah. So once
3: I got to a position of wellness to be able to like reconnect in that way, we needed it. You know, it'd been a rough few years. I put her through hell and one of the most listened episodes of my podcast is one that me and Kim did together and we went through my story from her perspective, you know, and how that affected her, how it affected our children, how it affected our, our life together. And so many people connected with that. You know, it was really um, it was really quite moving. And um, but yeah, so it was a really good way to, yeah, to reconnect in that way and kind of, you know, just kind of get back to where we were or where we were going or or whatever it was. It certainly helps. Right. When you're able, when you're trying to like patch things up and you've been for a rough patch, it's certainly nice to connect together in that way, I think. Yeah,
1: that's great. And it can so easily go the other way, can't it?
3: Oh, um,
1: yeah, com- yeah you can't completely. communicate with your partner and um, so yeah that's that's
3: great how are things mm. now yeah man we're good we're good I don't I don't take pills anymore I've just come off from this year over the last few months I've slowly been um uh yeah just lowering the dose lowering the dose and then I kind of was just forgetting to take them all the time so I thought well you know maybe it's definitely time to stop if I can't even remember whether I've took one this week or not. <laughs> um but yeah no it's good and like we had to have a lot of um, really open conversations, you know, because my mental health dictates a, a lot of stuff, you know, We've, at one point we were talking, you know, should we have another baby? I've got two kids and like, we'd both like another one. And we were talking about it. And Kim said to me, well, like my biggest fear in that is like, could your mental health take it? You know, could you, could you go for it? And I said, I'm not even sure I could, do you know what I mean? So it affects everything. So um, but that's really good because when she said that, I think the old me would have been really offended and really like, you know, of course, I fucking can, you know. But then I was, you know, I was really. Um, it was lovely that she felt that she could say that to me, if that makes sense, you know, that we could talk on that on that level, and um, yeah, so it's really nice. So there was, yeah, there's elements. I've kind of gone off on a bit of a tangent there, but there's <laughs> elements where they, uh, you know, where it has is enabled us to have a lot of these deeper and more open conversations. That's been really good for our for our relationship. And if you can connect on that level, then you're connecting on on all levels. I think. Oh, yeah. One hundred.
2: One hundred percent. Yeah so let's talk about your sex life yeah not that's about what, it doesn't have we, to be about your current sex life yeah this is what we really want to know
3: yeah that's it we've got, got I mean.
2: here. everything else side note <laughs> <laughs> let's get to the juicy <laughs> stuff yeah
3: yeah
2: <laughs> well i'll kick it off then shall i yes please do uh what is your most embarrassing sex moment
3: this, this was really interesting you mentioned like you know, talking about like current sex life. And I felt, I would feel really weird talking about, I've been with my wife for like 15 years and kind of before that feels like it doesn't exist. Like I don't really ever remember or think about anything like before I met Kim. And I I was like, I really had to rack my brains. And I thought, I don't want to, it's hard thinking of stories that are embarrassing, where I'm embarrassing Like I don't want to tell a story where someone else has done something embarrassing and just kind of like throw that out in the world. That felt a bit bit mean, you know, so I had to think of something about, about me, but um, when Kim and I first started dating and it might even be the first time we slept together, if it wasn't the first, it was definitely like the second or the third. It was really early on. We didn't really know each other. And we met, we were both holiday reps. So we met working abroad and it, um, so everything involved drink, and we'd been on a really, really boozy day and had like snuck off early from the night out to go back to where I was staying. And um, yeah, we're having sex. And I, you know, when it's like, when it's new and you're thinking, you're really trying to impress someone. So you're you're putting on all your best moves, you know, you wouldn't normally use all your (laughs) moves at one go you know you normally kind of drip feed them but yeah just put just all the best things going on at give once. it
2: all away that, that's
3: work. it i was like no, i really want to make a good impression like everything i've ever everything that's ever worked in the past well, <laughs> just gonna throw it all at the wall and see what's oh, and then, and, um yeah and then she at some point she must have dozed off because we were really drunk <laughs> she, she woke up and she started sort of like pushing me and saying like oh no stop stop so I immediately like panicked you know and in my head I'd gone through like just flashed through the entire night of anything that could have looked like I've got the signs wrong and this isn't a consensual situation it was awful um and then she kind of like looked up at me with that squinty drunk face and went oh it's you oh that's all right carry on and and I was so like mortified that um that I just threw a strop and just refused and I was like no I won't I won't carry on because, and I'd love to say I didn't finish because of the whole of like best moves? I know yeah and I'd love to say that it was because of the whole like blurry consent issue that I stopped but it wasn't it was because my fragile male ego <laughs> completely ruined and i thought like, no I will not I'm gonna like I'm gonna just yeah go to sleep and have a straw <laughs> <laughs> and I, that's I, that makes me feel quite embarrassed so that's probably <laughs> a, my most embarrassing story oh that
1: is brilliant I've found strops before have you yeah yeah well my ego is a little bit <laughs> bruised have you yeah what like mid-sex just gone
2: no that's it you're not having anymore
1: yeah well I've I everyone might find this really hard to believe but I've experienced quite a few um uh floppy penises <laughs> I find it very <laughs> difficult to believe I hear, yeah, so, I hear it's terrible I wouldn't know it is it's awful. <laughs> I'm terrible in bed but I've had quite a few people go soft on me and when they're like oh no I don't this doesn't normally happen I'm like get the fuck out how dare you <laughs> <laughs> when I was younger obviously now I understand oh, that's God. the thing all of these weird like all of these embarrassing situations are yeah. or when you're like young aren't they yeah
3: yeah, I like, think that's that like societal thing again, though. You know, like telling us what sort of sex we should be having, and you know, because it's, I don't know, especially when you're younger, and it's other all you know about it is from like watching films or you know watching porn yeah. or how it depends how old you are really. But um, yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's it, isn't it? That's how your ego gets involved. Is and yeah. I think
2: you don't know how many flaccid penises you're going to encounter because like when you watch films and things like that, it's just not a thing. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. So if you're like encountering more and more soft dicks, you're probably like... How, what is this?
1: Why doesn't anyone want to? Why okay. hasn't everyone got a massive yeah. erection? You yeah. don't maybe take you it could, so uh, personally, don't you? you? Do, do
3: a survey and then work out a ratio, and then you could start letting people know. You know, like yeah. early on, it's like just to let you know, you're probably going to see. You know, depend on how active you are, maybe five or yeah. ten yeah. in your. Then you know, and then you told you this in the
1: beginning. Yeah. yeah. Or like there are many reasons why a man might get a flaccid penis. It's not because you're not hot. Yeah, but you just think it's because of you, don't you? Yeah. Especially when you're, like, a young woman as well, because it's we're we're all about (laughs) having to please men. Yeah. So if they're not pleased. Yeah, if they're not pleased. Do I not entertain you? (laughs) (laughs) Are you not entertained? (laughs) I I, I think, like,
3: for for a man, that would be really embarrassing as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm (laughs) wounded so much that I'm throwing someone out. Can you imagine? The man is probably mortified. <laughs> and like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. Yes. And then I kick him out on the fucking street. Can you imagine how they oh feel? Oh, God. How horrible. You're damaging, like, man. Yeah. You're a monster, aren't you? Yeah. You a, know, has anyone
3: ever, like, come back five minutes knocking on the door? It's like, yes. it's got, it's ready. I'm good. I'm good again. Can I come back <laughs> I've
1: again? had that. I've had that as well. <laughs> I have had that. And I'm like, no. No, I'm in now.
3: Yeah,
0: you had well, your chance.
2: Well, you yeah. had that next. guy who like, wrote you a letter, didn't you? Yeah. Apologizing. A letter!
0: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times.
4: LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
1: Yeah.
3: Oh, I don't know if that's sweet or sad, to be honest.
1: I don't know. It didn't work, so... <laughs> yeah you had your chance yeah Yeah,
3: that's it you blow it (laughs) Uh,
1: okay so where is the weirdest place you've had sex
3: um well i've mentioned before that my wife and i were holiday reps and on the resort where we work the resort where the customers used to arrive there was this big um like marquee and they'd all like turn up and the reps used to wait in there to show them to their accommodation and all that sort of stuff and we were walking home once again very early very early doors and we just nipped in there to the office. And then we stayed. We worked in that resort for another three years. So we'd like we would constantly be uh just I don't know someone would be doing paperwork in there and it'd be like that, that's the desk. You know, <laughs> so it stayed it stayed cute all the time. But m- my wife is famously um she's quite ditzy She loses things. She falls over. She's you know she's always doing daft stuff. And the morning after we had our little thing in the in the reception marquee, she woke up in the morning and she was getting dressed and she was like, oh I can't find my I can't find my shoe and I can't find my knickers and. Um and was so I, I, I got dressed and like snuck up there it was still dead early in the morning and in the back there was just like carnage so just like, you know, there was like yeah because there were knickers were there, a shoe was there, an earring. it was just we haven't been sly or <laughs> anything at all. It's just like carnage everywhere. and because I'm like dead anxious, I'm a control freak right, so I have to control everything. so as far as I was concerned with kind of like, csi crime scene did and no one was ever gonna know and then there's my missus just like leaving a clothes and a shoe you know just (laughs) drapes and stuff all over the place but yeah that was probably the weirdest like i say we're quite you know we're pretty really bog standard (laughs) so it took a lot of a lot of thinking to find somewhere that wasn't a bed or a couch
2: (laughs) i love the idea that she's so carefree she's just like bra shoe earring and then you're like I can't deal with this and <laughs> yeah. you're going around hoovering and making sure there's not one single hair
3: yeah like that's it chaos of that. walking home with one shoe on and no knickers
2: yeah. like a slutty Cinderella
3: <laughs> exactly that
1: <laughs> I love it have you ever had sex at work? yeah what not the job that we worked <laughs> no were. not the job it. that we <laughs> yeah I was fucking everyone you just didn't know well you'd be the only person that wasn't if you weren't yeah I know
2: yeah no I I didn't have sex where we worked together um but I did have sex in I worked at like various holiday parks and there was a guy who worked in the kitchen and I thought he was the dreamiest guy ever his name was Jason God rest his soul um (laughs) He was fucked. He was, like, covered in scars. He had, like, a gold tooth, shade dead. Oh, my God. It was, like... Sounds sexy. He was proper... He was, like, scum. But, <laughs> yeah, and we did have sex in the kitchen, which was, like, quite good.
1: Yeah. And not
2: very hygienic. And
1: not I was going to yeah, I
3: oh, bet his yeah. hygiene rating wasn't, wasn't a five.
2: No. I mean, no one was there for the chicken nuggets anyway. This He was fucking, like... <laughs> Hung like a donkey, so people were just like popping by just to see him, like walking around in like grey tracksuit bottoms and a. He was the local, yeah,
1: holiday camp sex, yeah,
2: yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, all like all the teen girls were like knocking around there, hoping that Jason would give him a little wink, (laughs) and I was like, like (laughs) that. yeah i don't i don't recommend
1: sex in the kitchen sorry it can help england yeah <laughs> i'm probably quite similar to your wife i'm quite clumsy and i get a lot of injuries through do, sex do yeah. but like i'm constantly hurting myself through sex in some way or another so yeah sex in the kitchen is
3: no no go tragic no don't interest me in the slightest Not no. Someone, no. get getting a bed yeah, yeah, that's it. Getting a get in a bed. Yeah, well, that's the
2: thing. That. I mean, now nowadays, there's the option of like I, ha- I have my own home. So the thought of going anywhere else to have sex, I'm like, Are you mad? Why would I do that? You just wouldn't, would you? Now
1: it's so much easier in a bed. Yeah,
3: that's it. Yeah, and, that's and it. we're
1: old, aren't yeah. we now? We can't <laughs> handle like right? for your old bones. Yeah, yeah, you can't handle being like fucked against a tree
3: anymore it takes
1: weeks to recover from yeah. <laughs> oh, Okay. one um, moment
3: one tree where you went that is it that no yeah. more trees for yeah. me that's, i'm i'm done with this yeah. Tree. yeah you've
1: only got to fuck against a tree once and then you can say you fucked on a tree can't you and yeah that's so you're yeah. to keep doing it it's like sex in a car isn't it like yeah. it's very much a teenager's game
2: yeah there ain't no my knees wouldn't take it these days oh
1: god absolutely not no get in bed yeah in a bed okay celebrity crushes who was your first celebrity crush
3: i I was blessed right because i was a teenager in the 90s and i feel like that was a really good era for for crushes you know that was really um yeah so oh crikey i've given this a lot of a lot of thought um (laughs) Revisiting the old, yeah, yeah. That's it.
1: You can do a top five, but
3: yeah. Wow. have all
1: Yeah, we'll
2: take them on. Well,
3: that, That's good to know. But yeah, I think the '90s was really good, wasn't it? It was a really good era for um. Yeah, you had a lot of like really good looking girl groups around, and um. I, I'm going to sound really old now, but everything now I find is like so um sexualized, and I that I don't find that sexy. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I kind of I liked, you know, I liked girl bands when they wore like baggy trousers and you see a little phong, bit of out the back you know like that was that, that to me was sexy I not just like tiny will. bikinis and all the rest of it yeah but I when I was um yeah probably someone like um Sarah Michelle Geller, you know Buffy the Vampire Slayer oh, yeah. So, yeah like a classic you know yeah. that would have um that probably would have been an early one yeah. yeah or the um I don't know the uh the actress's name but the lady who was in Crocodile Dundee um
1: where
3: uh, where he's like kind of watching her through the trees and she's like washing her shins or something and it's really um (laughs) yeah maybe something like that would have been quite had quite an impact early on but yeah buffy yeah that would have been a safe anyone from that era probably
1: yeah so you like a strong woman then
3: yeah yeah very much so yeah an
1: independent woman yeah
3: yeah yeah very much so yeah yeah
1: yeah those things are sexy aren't they i think people were sexier like, well, TV was a really big thing, wasn't it, in the 90s? It kind of came yeah. and it was kind of breaking through, wasn't it, in a big way? So there wasn't, and they didn't have those regulations like there are now. So you could just be running around fighting vampires wearing like a crop top with no barrel. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. If you wanted to. Yeah, if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think the fact that Buffy and Angel couldn't have sex, I thought was really sexy because there was always that sexual chemistry, wasn't there? Oh, okay. and they were just like desperate to fuck, but they never could because I'm guessing Angel didn't have a penis or something. I can't understand. Well, no, I think he probably did have a penis, but like, doesn't your heart have to be beaten to get an erection? I don't know. I can't remember what the ins and outs were as to why they couldn't. Like they couldn't physically have sex. It wasn't like a but she was she was fucking spike, wasn't she? Well there's lots of kissing. There was lots of kissing going of on. out, yeah. Which created the sexual tension, but there was but they couldn't, I can't remember the reason why. Maybe sex was sexier when you couldn't have sex. Sex is sexier when you can't have sex. Yeah. The breed. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well that's cleared that up. <laughs> Sorry, we're just having a conversation now about your crush not being able to Yeah,
3: no, I'm interested. I don't really I didn't never thought (laughs) of it from Angel's perspective before. I'm reevaluating the whole thing. God,
2: can you imagine just being presented with this like Uh petite little blonde that kicks ass and you can't even?
1: Yeah. God.
2: Poor angel. Poor angel. I know. A little bit of sympathy there. Um what is your go-to sex song?
3: I think sex songs are really weird. I, I Yeah. Okay, I think so that's a, like a really weird thing. And I was trying to like, you know, <laughs> you know, like everyone's got a mate who um, picked a really commercially successful song to get played at their nan's funeral. And then when they hear it in Asda, they're always like, oh, I remind me of my nan. And you, know, <laughs> like, you hear that song everywhere. I always think of sex songs are being a bit like that. It's like you've got your song that you save for your sex and you're shagging and then you hear it one minute. You're like pushing your trolley around Asda. And does it have the same effect? Do you know what I mean? You get sad when you hear the funeral song. You walk around Asda with your trolley and start getting, getting the tingles. Get a random just, boner.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah, that's it. Just walk around Asda with a semi on thinking think, I fucking love this song. But, <laughs> but yeah, so I haven't... Um, I wouldn't have a song, but when... Um, when my kids are small, my kids, there's only 18 months between them, right? So at one point, we essentially had like two babies in the house, really. <laughs> and so because it's that whole sleep thing, as soon as they're asleep, they're going to wake up soon anyway. Don't do anything that wakes up the baby. So we went through a phase of having a lot of sex downstairs because we didn't want to come up and make any noise and potentially like wake a kid up. And one was always in our bed anyway, or in the cot in the bedroom or anything. And you want to have something on in the background, don't you? But yeah, you got to be particular about it and because we we're in the lounge we'd normally like throw something on the telly like one of the like radio stations or anything there is not good sex choices on the radio coming through the telly it's from like radio five live or kerrang <laughs> or you know yeah. like all, the, all, all them ones so we normally just to kind of get something on would go for a my miss is gonna kill me for saying this <laughs> um we throw on something like soft like smooth fm <laughs> something <laughs> like that <laughs> and it was always the worst because like when you're in the moment I've never been like having sex and thought like oh yeah that's a good song you know I tend to not notice things like that but it's afterwards you know when you're kind of like just taking a minute and you're on your come down and then it's like smooth FM but like Elton John's playing or something like that (laughs) this is the worst this is the worst yeah if I'd have noticed this at the start I'm not even sure if I could have managed this but um yeah but I don't have a a specific song at all no I think that's a bit I don't know. I think that's a bit odd. I've really, I've playlist. never thought about it. Do you not have ah. a sexy
2: playlist? No. no.
3: Not at all. Not at all. I don't, maybe I should try. Maybe it will you know. Yeah, <laughs> we don't take sex
1: no. playlist advice from me. Nice. No. I'm the worst for it. But I know loads of sexy songs and we've created a sex playlist actually that's on Spotify. So we'll share it with you. Yeah, you please never do. Have a listen. Yeah. Because I think sometimes when you're used to listening to I mean, people think of sexy songs, and they do think of cheesy songs. Yeah, sometimes.
3: Yeah, Barry White and all that stereotypical. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and obviously, no one wants to have sex to Barry White anymore, do they?
3: Those days are gone. You probably
1: do. I mean, I would still.
2: I had sex to the Fraggle Rock chair. <laughs> I'll fucking do anything. <laughs>
3: I was not expecting the Fraggles to come up today. There's a lot of things, <laughs> I, like, I, a lot of things I might hear, but uh, Fraggles wasn't one of them. But yeah, I haven't you got a say
2: Someone was legitimately listening to, because I was in my kitchen, the, the Muppets, manamana, on loop, whilst I was in the kitchen. And I was thinking, who's listening to that song more than once on purpose? That is mental.
3: Yeah. Did you did that get stuck in your head? Because that's the the worst, isn't it? Yeah. That one for like you find yourself later on in that afternoon in the afternoon. I don't know. How 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 long was it on repeat for?
1: Well, it seemed like an eternity. <laughs> Unless someone stuck it on and then died. Died. <laughs> oh no. God, can you imagine dying listening to that? That's your last the last thing you hear. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, because. it
3: might be stuck in your head into the afterlife. And that's it. And that's just your song for forever. You can never yeah. not not hear oh, it. Oh,
1: God. You that come back as a toy, ghost and that's your theme tune.
3: You... Or sing it to people, <laughs> yeah, by haunting them. Maybe that's what it was. It was a ghost haunting your neighbour's house. That singing is proper that song. sinister,
2: though, isn't it? Can you imagine that? If you're, if you're already scared and then a ghost appears and it's like... Man, man, man.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like nursery rhymes, isn't it? A yeah. terrifying... When there's like a little girl ghost and it's going twinkle, twinkle. yeah. But it's the <laughs> imagine that. Imagine a horror film. <laughs> no, I don't want to.
3: Yeah, like in Saw where he comes on his bike, that little puppet thing, comes on his bike. He just opens his mouth and <laughs> Or all the other ghosts could just come in and yeah.
1: you,
3: know, <laughs> you, you know, like the Muppets do, just like yeah. the of ghosts. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. my god! One of them on drums. <laughs> yeah, I love oh, it. Wiles is yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> that is truly sinister. Yeah. Okay, so we know you're vanilla. Mm. Yeah. Which I'm in full support of. Um, what is the kinkiest thing you've ever done? I um. By your standards.
3: By my standards, I don't think I've ever done anything that could be considered kinky at all. I've been racking my brains. At work? Yeah, that's a
1: little bit kinky, sexy you know, is it. Sexy little- right. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, yeah. I think it
1: is. It's a bit risky, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm yeah. more vanilla than you. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I wasn't. wasn't on duty. I wasn't, I wasn't actually. Yeah, I wasn't I'm not there mental.
1: working.
3: I wasn't working. It wasn't it was working. Out of hours. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And my wife had said, "Look, no more trees. I've turned my back on." <laughs> 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 um but yeah, I, I generally don't I, I really don't think I have. And I, I, I wouldn't want to. Like I'm not very good out of my comfort zone anyway. And um, you know, I'm quite an anxious person. But the idea of um nah, that like, I wouldn't like to do anything. Would you like not try really something new?
2: Is there no room in your I mean if, if or, sex life to maybe spice
3: things up? Spice it up. I don't yeah. think it needs it. I'm really lucky. I've got um not only am I quite vanilla but I do have quite a low sex drive it's not like I like having sex but it's not the the highest thing on my priority um my list of priorities and my wife's the same so we're quite lucky that we found each other because we would both be huge disappointments to other people (laughs) (laughs) but we've we've found each other and it works really well and um yeah I don't think I mean if if Kim asked me to then yeah of course I'd have a I'd have a bash but I don't think she would (laughs) and I don't think um yeah no Mm -hmm. I don't
2: fantasy should stay in the realms of fantasy then.
3: yeah i mean i i don't even have fantasies i you know i don't really like i don't fancy people off the telly i feel, i think that's weird fancying strangers because of what they look like that doesn't appeal to me um you know like i don't have fantasies there's nothing i really particularly want to do i like what what we do already, it's great, and that's enough.
2: Well, I love and, um, the thought of your wife listening to this, and then just for the lulls, thinking of something mental, and then going, Could you do this? And you just yeah. be like, No,
3: nah. just be like dying inside. <laughs> yeah, of course, I will. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> i want I'll be to <laughs> I'll be back on the
2: theme tune,
3: back on the search, before you know it, <laughs> throwing, throwing them down the hatch. yeah i'm not not, and um yeah i don't know yeah it's not in my it's just really it's not for me i'm just not interested yeah i find it all a bit weird i'd really do i find a lot of attitudes towards sex a bit weird you know people are like throw away you know 20 year marriages just for a chance to see a different person naked and stuff like that and i just i don't understand it i don't understand that that sort of stuff at all um maybe it's me maybe i'm odd but um yeah nothing no kinks no kinks on me
1: yeah no if that's the reason if it's just because you know you you want a different flavor of something maybe yeah. you shouldn't be married at all yeah. yeah no that's
3: it yeah yeah
1: it's mad but, but that does happen doesn't it people do just wake up one day and they're like want something different now.
3: yeah that's it i want to see someone else's bum or something like that and i just I just <laughs> it's just weird isn't it how people um Yeah, people's attitudes towards it. And um, yeah, I don't yeah, Yeah. I don't understand it at all. But like I say, I think my wife and I were lucky to find each other in that in that department. Yeah. Well, because very
2: often it's like one wants more, one wants less. Or you know, it never seems to really like match up. So that is really lucky.
3: Yeah. And it's hard, isn't it? When like you know you get a bit older and you've got kids and you've got work and like it's hard anyway isn't it really yeah. you, kind of, you almost have to put it in your diary if you know there's nothing kinky about that yeah you know? so it's been weeks it has to happen on saturday and you think like <laughs> up all the way up until saturday you're like yes can't wait till saturday and on saturday you're like a oh, bit, bit tired could we push it to yeah. sunday <laughs> you know? yes yeah. that's, that's how that's real life right just, yeah. yeah like when you
2: agree to go out and at the time you're like yeah definitely and it rolls around and you just think oh
1: fucking hell I've got the clothes on yeah, yeah. yeah. all we, the time yeah when you're when you're busy yeah yeah you do have to kind of schedule it in and then you don't need like i'm the same like i find that you don't need that extra stimulation really because you haven't had sex in so long <laughs> yeah that that's enough yeah <laughs> that's enough to get me horny just someone naked
3: yeah or sometimes like
1: obviously yeah
3: ideally yeah <laughs> you, sometimes you just have to like get it over the line I find, you know, like so, if if there's been a bit of a dry spell and it's like right, let's just let's just just do it, and it doesn't matter what it is or how, just the fact that it's happened, and then that's usually enough to kind of like kickstart it, you know. <laughs> like, don't be too fussy. Over don't, to
2: Netflix, yeah, don't,
3: don't be too fussy about the first one back because that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna stir up enough feelings to want to get back on the regular again, you know. But sometimes it is just about like let's just get it done because yeah. otherwise we're just talking about it and it's not happening.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like an old car. Do you remember old cars used to have the choke?
3: <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah.
1: But not oh. an actual choke.
3: Not an actual choke. An cho- actual choke. Yeah. I w- you wouldn't catch me doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. <laughs> well,
1: okay.
2: Well, that's that's all our questions. Yeah, we've yeah. a question in Dan. How have you found
3: oh. it? Oh it's good, man. it's good fun. Yeah, it was a good um. Yeah, it was a good laugh. Like, it, it, like you said at the start, really. I think having these open and honest conversations about anything, I think it's really, really important. And, you know, for a long time, I didn't tell anyone about my mental health, and it was like talking about it and listening to other people talk about theirs was played a huge part in my uh, recovery. But I always compare talking about anything like that, whether it's mental health or if it's shagging anything at all, it's it's a bit like um Eminem in Eight Mile, isn't it? You know, at the end when he like says all the stuff that all the horrible stuff that they're going to say about him and then the person's got nothing to say and as soon as you start talking honestly and you realize no one gives a fuck and if anything most people kind of relate to it in some way and then it it really allows you to step into yourself and um you know just kind of like be who you need to be and i think it's really important yeah yeah you
2: definitely and i i think as well like people just sort of if you say you've got a bad mental health or you know you're struggling with something they they think that that is just all consuming and you're supposed to like just walk around with like a black cloud over your head and find no joy in anything but people are still functioning like you said you you still went to work you still had family you still do all these things and that's very much the same everyone's going through it but you you do still laugh like some yeah. days you'll
1: yeah. you'll have a little chuckle and it, but yeah. you can
2: still have be struggling with your mental
1: health yeah you ain't gotta be a victim yeah. and play the
3: role of a victim yeah yeah and that, just that little chuckle that little laugh that little anything that can get you through another day just yeah. that little that little bit of re, respite you know like that little that two minutes that can change anything and I think oh, that's yeah. really important because as people get more and more poorly they tend to give up hope you know and it's in those little moments where you find find the hope to just kind of like re-up and go uh, to go again right
1: yeah oh yeah Yeah. definitely yeah so your podcast proper mental is it available on all platforms
3: it is absolutely everywhere everywhere you get your podcasts from yeah go and um go and check it out yeah i've had all sorts of people i try and you know come at it from as many different perspectives as possible i'm really conscious that it's just not a load of like 40 year old white blokes talking about depression you know like (laughs) try and really uh you know really open a conversation and i try really hard as well that i think it's really common in a mental health conversation particularly in a podcasting world that again it's just loads of like really nice chat about wellness and you know and all that and that stuff's important it's great if people like to listen to it but i think you know it didn't that stuff didn't help me when i was um when i was struggling you know we'll try and talk about the big stuff the stuff no one talks about the stuff that's not palatable in you know in mainstream media man let's talk about schizophrenia let's talk about suicide let's talk about bipolar let's talk about you know all these um all these things and um yeah that's what that's what i try and do and yeah if that sounds interesting to anyone check it out
1: yeah and it is really good it's award-winning now yeah.
3: isn't it it is award-winning yeah award-winning award nominated yeah I've had a good summer so um yeah that was yeah. that was that was pretty cool yeah, yeah. and I, I you know to bring mental health to I mean one of the award I won was a, a mental health award and then the other one was at the British Podcast Awards and to bring kind of mental health to that when it was much more sort of industry backslapping you know the, yeah. it was much more about podcasting and entertaining than it was about anything else so to bring mental health to that was really lovely as well yeah yeah, very much so. yeah.
1: and you're lovely as well
3: oh well, and you've got a lovely
1: yeah. way about you yeah so you're perfect oh. you're perfect podcast host oh yeah, well, so.
3: thank you thank yeah. you very much make yeah.
1: it very easy to talk yeah. about
2: things i think
4: oh. and that- That's, well, that's where the um, door gets opened
3: isn't it yeah well that's good that's um oh that's really lovely yeah i'm not good at getting compliments so um <laughs> i spent so long <laughs> saying horrible things about myself i'm not <laughs> i'm not good but yeah thank you that means a, that means a lot yeah. yeah it's really cool really really um really kind of you yeah
1: it's really great um i got into you through gary mansfield
3: Oh mate, yeah, Gary's he, just a legend, eh? Oh,
1: I fucking love him. He's an absolute dream dreamboat,
2: that man.
3: Yeah, yeah. A lovely, lovely man. Is um, yeah. when he his episode review was brilliant. That was so funny. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. really, really good. But yeah, oh. Gary's just a he's the bee's knees, isn't he? What a lovely man.
1: Yeah, absolutely love him. So yeah, go and listen to Tom. Yeah, proper mental podcast. I was going to ask you as well. Do you ever get anyone complaining about your podcast being called Proper Mental?
3: No, I kind of expected to, you know, I did expect it to. And sometimes I get asked about it, but no, I've never had a, had a complaint. Um, For me, it's how I talk you know like I'm, i get proper thirsty or proper sweaty or proper anything so and and it is from a direct quote so when i got sick when i had my first breakdown i've had two and um the second one is a direct result of not dealing with the first one so there's a <laughs> lesson there for you folks. Yeah. <laughs> is tick your boxes after the first breakdown or it's coming back but um it, it, i didn't know what was happening i didn't have the words mental health was not on my radar you're like i just i didn't know i'd never heard it i would never seen anyone who like looked like me or talked like me you know kind seen a few celebrities talking about it and it's just like kind of rich posh people that have nothing to do with you know where I'm from and um and I thought I was going proper mental that's what I said to my wife you know I thought I felt I was going mad I thought I was going to get sectioned I thought I was going to get locked up they're going to take my kids all this sort of stuff Is so I didn't tell anyone but yeah I said to her, I thought I was going proper mental it's the only words I had for it it's just how yeah. I how I speak so um yeah i think it's a sick name but not yet not any yeah. complaints but i think
1: right. it's great yeah. yeah it's like it's how people feel isn't it mm. it's how people feel when
3: yeah. they do feel mental like yeah you know yeah. My, my, um, when i first i did the first few episodes with a with a mate and then when it started to kind of like get a bit busy I, I took it i took it solo and because there was like two of us my first idea i, was, I wanted to call it the suicide squad <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> 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 but I don't think that would have stuck. So we went for proper mental instead. But yeah, yeah, so I was looking for something that was a little bit, you know, it might push people's buttons. But um yeah, yeah again, that's that's how we have the conversation because a lot of people don't want to hear it. And um, you know, but we yeah. need to hear it. We need well, to well, it's not
2: it. very PC, is it, to say someone's mental. But you would that no. is how you would describe yourself. I wouldn't necessarily describe someone else, like if they were having a breakdown, go, yeah, they're fucking mental, like they've it. lost it. But I would describe my own mental health
1: as yeah. mental, yeah. yeah. But it's all—I I always find it's the people that aren't mental that get offended by, like, certain <laughs> words that you might use, like if you're not using the right, like, yeah, words. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. When you're actu- when you're actually mental and you're in that, you just think, God, just call it what it fucking is. Why yeah. keep yeah. trying around and saying that I've got like whatever? Yeah, I'm definitely. fucking mad. The end. Yeah. <laughs> What we call it is the least of my
3: problems. I'm having a breakdown. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Most people don't know how to talk about stuff. You got to use you can only use the words that are available to you. Yeah. And absolutely. something I've, I've I've did learn along the way is, you know, I've gone through phases as this journey's gone on of you know what words I think are appropriate and weren't weren't, you know, what aren't. And I've kind of like just keep changing my mind about it, really. But you know, if we're gonna have a conversation about mental health. And you say something about being mental and I say to you, oh, just to let you know, we, you know, that's probably not a, a correct turn of phrase. Well, that's you not engaging in the conversation then, right? You're going to be like, well, fuck you, I'm trying it. You know, yeah. the first thing you do is pull me up on my language yeah. and then you disengage from the conversation. The words don't matter. We can sort that out later. You know, mm, let's just yes. fucking talk about it first and yeah. then and worry about all that stuff later. And I think if we're, we're people... When it comes to anything important whether it's mental health whether it's race whether it's gender whether it's sexual identity anything like that so many people are scared to engage in a conversation because they're so scared of getting it wrong but yeah. we have to get it wrong so we can learn how to get it right and I think that's really really important you know we can't just know everything we have to talk about stuff and if we talk about stuff we're gonna get it fucking wrong right and we just have yeah. to like just be nicer to each other be a bit more compassionate and uh, yeah try and flip the narrative I think
2: absolutely. Yeah absolutely well thanks for coming
3: on oh thanks for having me man that was wicked I really <laughs> yeah. um yeah really really enjoyed when I, when you first asked me I was dead nervous and then as the weekend's gone on I thought no nah, you know I'm doing this I'm doing this for the, yeah. the missionary fans yeah definitely.
1: yeah <laughs> yeah and p- being part of the conversation like you said is a way to stop the stigma for yeah. everyone else so, yes, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, mate, no, thank you for having
3: me. I, I, I dig the show, man. I've been listening since back when you did the other one as well. So um, oh, yeah, thank it's, really, you. it's really cool. I love, I love what you do. And um, yeah, it was real pleasure, real privilege to be asked. Oh,
2: good. Thank you.
4: What a man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cut. <laughs> <I cannot. laughs>